This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. This is your guest host, Dr. Raul Serrano, and I'm filling in for Jim and Martha, my good friends. And guys, every time that they ask me, I've, I've been on here a couple times to uh, um, as a as a show participant and as a show host and anytime I've been asked to, to guest host a show I absolutely say yes because I just love the mission behind I work for him so well, what is the mission for I work for him the mission is that whatever we learn on Sunday that we connect it to what we're doing in our nine to five during the week like so how many times have we seen people that um or maybe we've found ourselves in this position at some point where we go to church on Sundays and then the rest of the week it's like we never went to church to, be, to begin with so I love that fact that we're bringing ministry and we're being, bringing Jesus Christ into the workplace so if you guys want to connect with us go to the I work for him uh, website it's I work for him the number four uh, dot com and right there you can connect with uh, with Jim and Martha, connect with the I Work For Him Nation. And when you connect with the I Work For Him Nation, all we're asking you to do is start praying for your workers, for your employees, uh, by name, each and every day. You might be the only, the only Jesus Christ they ever see out there in the workplace. So, with that all said, I am excited because I am here with a, uh, is it okay if I call you guys a power couple? <laughs> to float your boat. <laughs> All right. With, with the power couple, Jeff and Liza Ford. Jeff is from Man Up and Go, and Liza's with Addicted to Savings. And I'll tell you a little bit more about them in a second. But um, you might be wondering, who the heck is this Dr. Serrano guy that's hosting this show? So I'm a local chiropractor, health advocate for families. And um, my passion and my heart is that we know that when... When God gave us his body, he gave, this is a gift. And for us to, uh, to, to really do his work and do his mission, we have to have a healthy body. And, um, and that's, that's what we do in, in, our, in our practice, in our office. If you, if you want to connect and, and learn a little bit more, just go to drserrano.me. And um, if you want to learn more about me and what I do, I've been on the show before because you can go on the website, search Dr. Serrano, and um, you, you can hear me and uh, Jim and Martha having a lot of fun. But this isn't about me today. I want to introduce uh, our guest, 
Jeff and Liza. So Jeff Ford, he's a CEO and founding member of Man Up and Go. It's a 501c3 not-for-profit whose aim has been to fight for the fatherless around the globe since 2011. And his wife, Liza, is the founder and owner of AddictedToSavings.com, a savings website with over 25 million visitors since its inception in 2009. That's a lot of zeros I saw on here. So um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. 25 million visitors. So anyways... Um, I want to get personal right away. I don't want, I, you know, people, when, I, when I'm on a show, I want to know who these people are. Who are we talking to? So, Jeff, Liza, tell us a little bit about your background, how you guys came to do what you're doing. Sure. So, Liza and I met at Wheaton College. Um, I won't tell you when we graduated because I'm starting to get old. And so, that really <laughs> uh, dates myself. But uh, so, we met there. We moved down here in 2003 and uh, did some various things. And in 2009, uh, is when we really started working together, actually a little bit before that, but um, that's when uh, her saving site uh, really took off. And um, I was doing insurance at the time, uh, selling health insurance, as you know, Dr. Sperano. Uh, and, uh, but the, the, apparently there's just more interest in uh, saving money than there was in, in health insurance as it just became so overwhelming for her. I started working for her. And so, uh, and it's at one point I won't steal her thunder, but we had several employees working for us and, uh, and, uh, life was good working at home together, which is always, you know, people always wonder about that. Like, how do you work with your wife at home or your spouse? So, um, and then, uh, in 2014 is when, uh, we formed man up and go at that point. And then I started running the organization in 2015. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And then uh, a little bit of background on you, on you guys, because one of the things I love about Jeff and Liza is just their heart. And and, and um, I, I know that as, as you, for your family, uh, your family dynamic is a little bit different than most. So can you guys get dig into that a little bit so people can really know where where your hearts are? And <laughs> our house is crazy. <laughs> it's a constant zoo. No, we. um Back in 2010, was it 2010? 2010, we decided we were going to look into adopting. And um, we started the paperwork to actually adopt internationally. And from 2010 through now, to kind of fast forward our life, we ended up adopting two kiddos. We adopted our son, Asher, who is five and a half now. He is from Ethiopia, and he is... One of the brightest kids I know, and also one of the most energetic kids I know. He's awesome. <laughs> so I love it. It's a fun <laughs> combination. It's also exhausting. And then we just recently, actually two years ago, today. To the day. We brought what? our daughter home, Jolie, from China, and she is um, three and a half, and she's a wonderfully um, precocious, strong little girl. So That's, that's yeah. awesome. And, and one of the things is, so how, how, how has this changed Really, your view on, uh, you know, your worldview, your on ethnicity, and all that. Like, what is what has this done to your family with that? Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, I grew up in a small town, uh, Joplin, Missouri, and um, you know, not not a big, diverse town in Joplin, Missouri. A lot of people who look like me, and. Um, you know, but I always played sports. So wherever I traveled, you know, we, you would see you play against a lot of different races and ethnicities and playing sports. And, um, 
you know, my parents taught me that everybody is, is equal. Everybody is valuable. Uh, so I never even re- have remotely thought that I was better than somebody because of the color of my skin. Um, but the interesting thing is having Asher, uh, who's African, um, having him has caused me to reevaluate how I look at the world because I'm looking through it, uh, through his eyes now. And, uh, my daughter as well now being Chinese. And I look through it from their vantage point, uh, not looking like the majority, uh, of the people. And of course we're much more diverse, uh, now as a nation than we were, you know, when I was born, but, uh, so it has caused uh, a lot of change for me. It's caused me to think, and I know Liza has done, I mean, it's, it's really impacted her as well. Yeah. So, so when it, when it comes to that, I mean, you're talking about obviously ethnicity, what about on, on the cultural side of things or are, are, are there things you guys are doing to maybe connect them to their culture? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that looks like. Cause my wife and I, uh, we have thought about adopting and do we go locally internationally? Uh, we, we don't know, but what does that look like as far as the culture part of it? So well? for our family, it's really important to keep our kiddos, their culture, front and center. Just because we have brought them here to the United States, we want Ethiopia to be just as important, if not more important to our son in particular, because that's where, that's his home, home country. Yeah. And same for our daughter with China. Um, so we celebrate Ethiopian and Chinese holidays the best we can. We have a group of, of really close um, friends that are from Ethiopia, whether it's adopted children and then also just natives that have come here from Ethiopian Americans that have um, come to the States from a Chinese standpoint, we're still working on trying to figure out our place and get a good core group of friends, um, for our daughter. But we think it's really important to just keep their culture front and center. We have Ethiopian flags throughout the house. We have Chinese pictures and flags throughout the house. It's just, that's their life. We don't want to take that from them. Um, and we'll be traveling back to the countries with them numerous times. Once they get old enough to handle the plane ride to and from, we We'll be going back. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that. Just recently, actually, well, uh, not a lot, two weekends ago, I went back to my country, Puerto Rico, and it's just funny. I hadn't been back in six years. My mom hadn't been there in 16 years, mm-hmm. and I, it was her birthday, so I took her back as her birthday gift, and it was such a... It, there's something interesting about going back to your country. Like, even though I haven't been there for so long, I've been here way more than I've been there now, 30 plus years here, six years, you know, off and on that I spent there. And just going back, there's something about home. Yeah. And there's something about keeping that front and center that I, it made me come back and reevaluate for myself and my yeah. kids and my family. Hey, what, what am I going to do to make sure that they understand where, even where her, where their dad came from, right. you know, because, because that's part of their history. Right. So, um, we're going to get into the, into just, Jeff, you're, you're, where, you, where your path has led to you now, right? Where, we, we got, where Jesus has led you here to uh, man up and go and starting and helping out with, uh, with that organization. So tell us a little bit about the history, the origin. What is man up and go? And um, I'll let you go from there. Yeah. So um, actually, it ties nicely into the adoption uh, story because really that's how it all came together. Uh, we were trying to adopt locally at that time. And um, we had a mother uh, locally who uh, had agreed to give up her baby. Um, And so we were going with her to doctor visits and uh, paying for her expenses, et cetera, et cetera. And literally two weeks before she gave birth, uh, she chose a different family. 
uh, mm-hmm. which we didn't even know could happen. And so that was crushing to both of us. Uh, as you can imagine, you remember your first child, right? And how yeah. excited you were. And uh, so we were crushed. I mean, very, very depressed, I would even say, about that. And um, so because of that, though, I had been invited to go to Africa with uh, some of my good friends. And they said, man, you got to come. It's going to be adventure. It's a bunch of guys going. It's going to be awesome. Come. And I wanted to. Uh, but this adoption was going to be finalized during that time. And so I, ha- I was like, I have to be here for the, for if the baby's born any of those two weeks while you're gone, I, I got to be here. Uh, well, this opened up the door and they said, we still have a slot, uh, come on. And so I went, and this was in 2012 and man, I just fell in love with Africa. And I, you know, it's, when I was growing up, I said, you know, God, I'll do anything for you, but don't send me to Africa. You know, like <laughs> I was one of those uh, type of, you know, guys. And I, uh, I just fell in love with it. And so it was through this group, man up and go. And turns out the year before they had had over 30 men go on this trip and they made a movie about it. Uh, so if you have Amazon prime, you can go to Amazon prime, just type in Am- man up and go, uh, and you can watch the movie. Uh, so, so, so before before you keep going, what what was it that like that you fell in love with? What was it that you fell in love with there? Uh, several things. One, uh, if for for those who have not been out of the country and they have not been in Africa or another developing country where you know four billion people live on less than four dollars a day, so one of those type of of environments, you just don't get it. I, I just well, point blank, you don't get it. I didn't get it. Uh, when you see the the material poverty that these people live in, it it can't not uh, strike a chord with you. Uh, but then when you're around these kids, and, and that's what it was, is you know manning up for these orphans, and so many of the kids, yeah, the many of the kids were very, uh, they had sorrowful looks on their face, but many of them were beaming with joy, and so you see that joy, uh, and you just you see, man, this is like. I mean, Ethiopia is in the Bible and that's where we were at. You know, I just, everything kind of came together for me. And then also I was with a bunch of guys who were loving on kids and you just don't see that very often. Mm, So there was something about that that was attractive to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, so, so now this was how many years ago? 2012. 2012. So fast forward, where's the organization now? What are you doing? Where are you working at? Yeah, so it's an amazing story, and I give God uh, praise for it. None of us thought this was going to turn into an organization, a 501c3 or anything, Uh, but God had different plans. And um, so I went back in 2013 and and then ended up going back in 2014. And so there was a core group of us who were kind of thinking about maybe shutting it down in 2014, but the impact, they had had us starting doing men's conferences because – um, I'll never forget one of the pastors that we worked with in Uganda said, you know, we love the man up team. Usually you Americans send your women to do your work for you. Uh, mm. and it was just like really indicting. It's one of those statements. Wow, I just got chills when you said that. I know. Cause, cause that's true. I mean, a lot of times we see, when we see people going on mission trips, predominantly it tends to be more women. Huh? I, I never thought about that. Yeah. And so I was convicted by that. We were all convicted by it. And they kept asking us, so they asked us to do these men's conferences. They said, hey, we want, we, our men don't do this. You know, our men don't 
man up to, to go and love on kids. Can you come and talk to the, our men about? And so we started these conferences and we were about to shut it down and we said, no, we can't. And so that's when we formed the organization in, in 2014 and I became the, the CEO in, in 2015. Liza and I at the time were, were running the blog. Uh, it had slowed a little bit and she'll talk about that later, the changes in Facebook that, that really killed us. But, um, uh, you know, it, my passion is for Jesus and, and everyone knew it. All of my buddies knew it too. And they said, Jeff, you're the, you're the guy to lead this. So. Wow. That's awesome. So tell me some of the problems that the organization is, is solving and, and really the core mission and vision behind it then. So, cause, cause, cause you're doing men's conferences. You want to be a father for every child. I believe yeah. I've heard you yep. say that. Yep. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, you know, when people hear about what we do, they think, well, is it for the men? Is it for, you know, the, the kids and, you know, the, in some regard, I understand the confusion, but it's really about both. You know, when you look at the scriptures, um, God wants men to be men for their families. Like we believe that God uh, wants us to be the protectors and the providers for our families. And it's not that women uh, are unable to do that. They're doing that all over the world. In fact, women are manning up far more than men are. Um, in fact, 80% of single parent homes are run by women. And that's whether it's in the U.S. or in Africa or anywhere else. Uh, so they're already they're, they're already doing it. And so we wanted to see men do that. Men be the protectors and providers. Because we know in the scriptures that God has called us to be the spiritual leaders, not in a position of, uh, you know, holding it over a, a woman or, or a wife or anything like that, but uh, that he's ingrained us to want to provide. Um, and so, so many of these uh, guys are not doing it. So the problem that we're really trying to attack is fatherlessness. So there's 710 million fatherless children in the world. Hmm. There's 2.2 billion. That's basically one out of three kids are wow. going to bed every night without dad in the home. Wow. And that's just, and that's around the world. I mean, I, and when you, when you were talking about that, I'm glad you said not only a, a, a internationally is that happening, but that's happening here. Yeah. Like that's what we see here all the time. Like, like men who are not manning up in their own families and are in our own backyards as well. That's exactly right. And oftentimes, you know, people say, well, you guys go 7,000 miles away or halfway around the world. You know, what about the need here? And I always, I love that question. Cause I'll say, man, that's great. I'm so glad you are concerned about the fatherless kids in our backyard. What are you doing right now in your life to, to help solve that problem? Uh, and, you know, sometimes they're doing stuff, but a lot of times they're not. You know, and we like to complain about, um, you know, sending resources elsewhere. Some people do. And, and I just say, you know, God has created every single child with equal and inherent worth. Uh, so whether they're born here, we, none of us had any choice in where we were born. You know, you were born in Puerto Rico, correct? Yep. Puerto Rico. You had no choice in that. I had no choice of being born in, in Chicago, uh, Illinois. Uh, Liza had no choice of being born in, in um, Connecticut and, and so forth and so on. So, uh, so God calls some of us to stay. He calls some of us to go. Uh, but either way, we're advancing the kingdom. And so our goal is really to see that father for every child. And we know that that's you know, that's a big goal. Uh, and it's not going to happen this side of heaven, but it's something we believe is noble. We think God calls us to it. And so that's what we're really going after. And that's awesome. And, and what I love about it is that you, Jeff, you weren't scared to step up and do your part because you have, you know, you've been in business in the secular business world, right? You've been, you said you were insurance, you guys were doing the blog. I mean, you have 
a list of things you could have done, but to step out in faith. And this is what the show is all about, right? It's about, hey, you're hearing something on Sunday. What are we doing Monday through Saturday to connect that, that word that we're listening to? And are we really taking action on that? I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And if we're not doing that, then what are we really doing there on Sundays? Are we just punching a clock? Are we just, hey, I, I put my, my, my time in at church on Sunday. Are we acting out and we walk in our, in, in our, in our faith? So that's what I love about you guys as a couple. Not only you, Jeff, but Liza saying yes, so giving you the okay and saying no, we're gonna do this, and that's and that's okay, and, and I mean that's huge. So I could take you with me, uh, and you could speak for me uh, <laughs> the places I go, because that's the exact same thing that I tell my guys. You know, when we're in front of men, or I get a chance to speak in front of men, uh, that's what I'm telling them. I'm telling them, listen, uh, God has called you to this, and I believe in I believe in America. I, I believe men are bored. I really do. I think we have everything we could ever possibly need materially. Uh, And because of that, we're looking for meaning and purpose in life. And because we can't find it, we're just bored. And when we're bored, we get in trouble. Hmm. You know, we do things that um, we wouldn't maybe normally do if we had a sense of purpose and had a sense of meaning. But everybody's chasing the almighty dollar or the fame or whatever it is. And so we're really trying to call men out of their apathy. Uh, even right here in the Tampa Bay area, we've got 5,000 kids that are in our system of care due to abuse, abandonment, or neglect by the parents, and they need families, you know, so it's everywhere. Uh, so it's in Africa, it's here, but we want men who are, are ready to man up and do that for their families. I love something that uh, Jeff brought up here. I'm here with Jeff and Liza Ford. I call them the power couple. <laughs> and um, Jeff, uh, he was just talking about how uh one of the things that you said jeff was men are bored and i love that because i think that is so true here in the united states we have so much comfort there's so many material things that we have access to whether it's um you know it's a simple thing just like internet or our phones or i mean whatever it is food we don't really have an issue with hey is there gonna be food on the table and and with that when we start to have all of these our necessities are met then we start having all these excess things in our lives we do get bored and then we look for the quote-unquote excitement and that's how you said we get in trouble as men so so with all of that i want to know what is it that like if you said this is why i'm so passionate about man up and go like this is the one thing what would that one thing be oh man i for me it's i believe god has created us to you know, we know in Genesis, he says, subdue the earth, right? He says, go out and subdue the earth, be, be, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. And to me, that's why I love this, this, this type of radio show. Our work is all about what we do for Jesus. And whether we're in the secular world or whether we're in ministry or whether we're a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, for that matter, it is all about what you are doing with your life for Jesus. And, and the world Man, the, it, the world pulls the wool over our eyes and it lies to us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's funny because the reason I ask that question is because we try to fabricate passion. We try to figure out, hey, what are these things that I'm going to be passionate about? And guess what? We have it right there. You open up your Bible. He tells you exactly where to go. He says, go, like you said, subdue the earth, go love people, serve people. So all we really have to do, if we really want to be passionate about something, find out what, what breaks your heart and go serve. And go serve those people. And that's what I see in, in you with this organization. It's like when you got when you took that trip to Africa and you saw the neglect, you, you neglect, you saw the kids out there with the nothing really, and they still had joy in their lives. Like you said, wow. And when that broke your heart, guess what? You said, Well, this is where I'm gonna go serve. 
So I, I, I love that. And, um, so I have a, I'm going to take a quick little twist here. So I was reading a book once and in the book, uh, I don't remember who the author was of this book, but there's this whole concept in the book about, uh, when in, in a couple, there's typically, typically not every time, but there's typically something called a dream killer. Somebody called a dream killer in the couple. Right. So, 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 um, very easily and what this means is like there's one person in the couple that comes in and he's like he or she has these big dreams and like hey babe we're selling everything and tomorrow we're gonna live in an rv in a tiny house or something right and then (laughs) and then my uh in my house it was very clear that the dream killer was my wife and (laughs) and it's not in a negative way it was just that she would ask questions like okay well we are going to sell everything and live in a tiny house so how are we going to do that? How are we get, where are the kids going to sleep, go to school? How are we going to raise, like, you know, all the questions and the details. And it was, it, it's, it's kind of funny because now in the book, it says for that dreamer, you just got to give him 24 hours within 24 hours. He's going to come back around and he's going to say, well, baby, was it really a good idea? But you know, so there's a rule in our house now that it's like, Hey babe, I'm going to bring stuff up. It's going to be crazy stuff. But just give me 24 hours to kind of really think through it, and, and, and I'll come to my senses, right? So I'm just curious. In your household, is there a dream killer? Oh, no. No. no there's not one. I don't know. What do you think? So how long have we been married? This year will be, what, 17? 17 years. 17 years. I can say at least a couple of times a year, you have some sort of idea that is... I don't want to say absurd because that's not fair, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just not realistic. So I don't want to say I'm a dream killer, but I'm going to say I give you a high dose of realism. And I like what you just said, Dr. Serrano, because within 24 hours, the idea that you have is usually gone. Usually I don't hear about it anymore. (laughs) If if it sticks around a little longer, then it does die down, you know, within a week or so. But so I just got I just got to say, I know dream killer sounds negative, but it's not. Typically, it's the smarter person who's making and saying, hold on, let's, (laughs) let's slow down here let's slow down and really think this through so um the the reason i bring that up is because my wife and i every year we get together and we put some dreams down and we we really just give ourselves some space we go away for a weekend and just really dream like if there was nothing to hold us back like what would we really want to see what passions do we have where is god god leading us and a few years back i I wrote down i don't know where it came from but on one of my list uh, it said i want to climb climb mountains and she looked at me and she's like, what, what do you mean? Like, you know, I go down the street and find a little hill. And I'm like, no, I want to climb like real mountains. Like, you know, like the Everest mountains, like real, real. And then, uh, so we don't think anything of it. It's just on a list. And we just kind of chatted through our list and all this stuff. So this year, let me give you a little bit of background on my story. My wife is eight months pregnant. Well, now she's about due here in a week or so. At the time, she was eight any months pregnant. Yeah, any minute. So if I if I leave the show, you guys know where I'm, where I'm headed. Um, she was... I'm in my office and she's eight months pregnant. We have three kids at home and Jeff walks into my office and he tells me, Hey, we're doing this amazing thing for man up and go. We're going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I don't know he was laying on my table. I'm a chiropractor. So he's laying face down on the table and I squeezed his leg. And I said, what? And he literally, he looked at me like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, why is he so excited about this? I'm like, you don't understand. This is on my dream board. Like, this is one of my dreams. So I went home that day and, and instantly I told him, I'm like, 
I, I don't, I, I probably should ask my wife, but I'm doing this. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I'm going to figure this out. So I'm at home. I'm, it's dinner time. I'm stepping on eggshells trying to figure out when's the right time to like bring this up. You know, she's eight months pregnant, guys. Give yeah. me some. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of like slowly like, hey, babe, you, how are you feeling today? You know? <laughs> and finally, I'm like, um, I, there's a trip to Kilimanjaro. <clears throat> and she looks at me. She's like, oh, what did you say? <laughs> I'm like, well, let me explain. Now. So I explained the trip and I'm not giving details. I want you to share the details because I'm. I'm super excited about this. So, um, and for the first time in our marriage, I didn't have to wait for 24 hours. She said, absolutely, you should go. When I explained the trip, she said, absolutely, because A, it's on your dream board. But more importantly, this is not about you just accomplishing your dreams and getting them out. And this is about those kids you're going to serve. So, so Jeff, with all that said, I want you to kind of tell us about this trip because I am pumped about this. And I hope we could get uh, more than enough, than enough people. I, mean, I know we already have enough people to go, but I want to just I want this to be packed house uh, on this trip. So, yeah, well, listen, I share your enthusiasm uh, <laughs> and uh, excitement, you know, climbing Climbing Kilimanjaro has been a dream of mine too. I don't know that I've ever written it down, but I, I'm an adventure guy. Obviously, I go to I go to Africa, you know, a couple of times a year, and yeah, I get bored sitting in an office. It's just not me, you know. And uh, uh, so, uh, Jason Clement, who's one of our board members, and I discussed this a few years back. And um, as we started looking forward to the next year, I just felt like. Man, this is the time to do it, I think. I, I'm thinking this in my mind. So I have another board member who lives in Texas. He calls me up and he said, hey, man, I was just thinking, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we took a man-up trip uh, to Kilimanjaro and, and did like a fundraiser with it? And I'm like, are you serious? I was just talking about this with another board member like yesterday. And so I said, all right, God, I don't know if that's confirmation or not. But you know, sometimes when you pray about things, you know, you, you can get confused. So I, I, I just went for it. And so we we planned it out, and um, we are going February 13th to 27th, uh, 2019. Uh, we'll be gone for two weeks. We'll spend uh, uh, two days traveling on each end, and then we'll spend uh, six days climbing uh, Kilimanjaro. And uh, on the we've chosen a route. We've chosen an outfit. These guys are excellent. We're actually going for a, a, a little better package too, uh, just to make sure everybody is safe and, and has the proper equipment and everything. Uh, and then, uh, monies that are raised from this trip will go towards the kids that we'll see. So we'll leave there and go to Uganda. So we have several projects in Uganda. We've got, uh, over 252 kids at one school, uh, that are solely supported by our ministry. We've got a couple of other places that are also, uh, we have sponsored kids, so kid, uh, men and women can sponsor kids there. So, um, and then we'll end it by Raft of the Nile. So it's it's going to be a, you know, one of the things about Man Up and Go that. Sorry, I, you can, when yeah, I said yeah. that part, my wife was like, well, do you really have to do the Nile part? I mean, isn't there like, yeah, I mean, something can kill you there, right? And I'm like, well, baby, I think it's safe. I mean, we're, but, um, but, but with all that, that's what got my wife was like, hey, this isn't just you going to Mount Kilimanjaro. This is a fundraising trip for these kids, for Man Up and Go. And that's really where, where the heart is behind it. Yes, we get to you know, check something off my dream board, check, you know, but really it's about the kids and about going back and serving the kids over, over in Uganda. So sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. No, I just no, had a- <laughs> well, I was just going to say there was a book that I read years ago called wild at heart, uh, by John Eldridge. I don't know if you ever read that, yeah. that book. Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, but that book really got me thinking about this longing and passion in men. You know, we, we're not pioneering the West. We're not, you know, on these crazy adventures. Most men are just, they're, they're going to an office job or driving a truck somewhere, whatever it is, but it's just, 
kind of boring, I, I guess. And this is before I thought how I, now I think about work. Uh, before I just thought, but what Man Up and Go does is it kind of marries those two for me where it's this adventure, but it's also serving. So it, it, to your point, it, it, it knocks off two check marks um, that we can do. And I think every man has that in him. Deep down, God has placed that in us. And so we're trying to, you know, Jesus talked about abundant life in John 10. And and we we believe, we say this in our board all the time, and it's all about the abundant life of Jesus, which means, and you'll agree with this, like your body, your mind, your soul, all of it has to come together. Absolutely. I mean, body, mind, spirit. So, I mean, everything has to be, has to be together. So uh, how can they connect with you, with Man Up and Go, maybe learn more about the trip? If somebody's out there like listening saying, uh, yeah, this is on my dream. Wow. I want to do this. How do they come connect? On. Like- <laughs> I say, come on. Uh, no, you can go to our website. So it's manupandgo.org. And you will see on there a place for, I think it's get involved. And then there are a list of trips and down at the very bottom, at least right now, it says uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, February 2019. Uh, Click on that button to apply for the trip. Or if you just want to email us, you can do that information at manapago.org. And our phone number is 727-266-0226 for more information. That was that's fast, and people are listening. They're driving, and they might be. So I'm going to give them a second to stop here, and I'm going to have you repeat that information one more time for <laughs> sure, me. Sure, sure. So, so the website is uh, manupandgo.org, just like it sounds. Uh, the phone number is seven two seven two six six zero two two six. And if they'd like to just email us, they can email us at information at manupandgo.org. Awesome, guys. Today in this in the radio show and women out there, I said guys, I say guys all the time. My wife says, hey, there's women too. Yeah. So guys and women out there, uh, we're talking today about serving and saving. And uh, I'm here with, uh, with my friends, uh, not doctor. You could, you could be a doctor, I guess. You look like, yeah, you look like a doctor. <laughs> I'm here with Jeff and Liza Ford. Uh, Jeff is with Man Up and Go. And if you don't know about Man Up and Go, you have to check out Man Up and Go. Go to manupandgo.org. And in the last segment, we were just talking about the Mount Kilimanjaro trip, which I am pumped about. <laughs> and uh, so go check that out. Uh, Liza and Jeff, both back in, when was it, 2009, they started their website, addictedtosaving.com. That's addictedtosaving.com. The website has had over 25 million visitors. That's a lot of zeros after that, after that 25 uh, since its inception. So I'm excited to just t- chat about what is it like to really build a business from home that has that kind of an impact and uh, and. Really, what is it like working with this guy for twenty four ever twenty four seven? I mean, that's 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 the most well, impressive part boss. of everything. I was the boss, so it was fun. No, <laughs> no. Um, well, I started the blog really off of his recommendation. Um, it was back in the Dreamer. Yeah, the, the Dreamer. Oh, there you the, go. I was the realist. The Dreamer was recommending it. It was two thousand eight. Money was really tight for us. He had a sales position, and so income was never guaranteed, and we never knew what was going to come in each month. Um, and so we were just doing our best to try to figure out how to cut costs and um, save more money. And one of the places that I saw that we could save money was um, on our grocery bill. And I had done a, a bit of research and was able to realize that I was not grocery shopping the way I could have been. And I started realizing if you start matching sales with coupons, you're going to get a really good bang for your buck. And if you start matching buy one, get one free sales with two coupons, you're going to save well over 50%, probably closer to 75% on groceries. 
So I'm learning whoa, all whoa, this. Whoa, 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 yeah, what? Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah, Hold so on. I thought it's a 50% or more. Well, okay. So think about it. If you go grocery shopping and there's the mm-hmm. buy one, get one free sale, right? So you're getting two boxes of, say, cereal for the price of one, right? Yep. So then what if you have $2 off coupons to use in addition whoa. to it? Because each coupon covers each box of cereal. It's like all math. Yeah, it's math. Yes, yeah. That's good stuff. It is good stuff. And so once I started learning it, I was telling my friends and I would they'd get really curious. And so I'd email them very lengthy um, instructions on what to do with the story tweak. And from that, my husband, Jeff was saying, why don't you just create a blog so your friends can come to you and learn there. And that's really the inception for the first six to nine months. I didn't even know you can make money from a blog. So it was just really a hobby and just trying to help friends. And then somewhere in the midst of all that, it just started snowballing like crazy. We had a couple TV things and, the local um, audience really started growing and yeah, it just snowballed from there and became a full-time business. Jeff started working full-time for me and then we had a handful of part-time employees that helped as well. It was, it was crazy. Awesome. So, and that the, obviously the website's still running. It's, it's, it's still going. Um, it's yeah, it's addicted to saving.com. Um, saving without an S because I, yeah, I messed that up singular. earlier. Yeah, everyone messes it up and it's totally fine. It's addicted to saving.com. So there's no S at the end of savings. Yeah. It's still, it's still running. Um, every week I'm publishing, um, all of the deals that you can get at our local um, pharmacies. So CVS and Walgreens, I'll tell you how to get really good deals at both of those pharmacies. Publix and Winn-Dixie, I'll tell you how to go grocery shopping and get the biggest bang for your buck there. Um, And then the online deals are always really fun. Like Amazon, I watch Amazon like a hawk. Um, Everyone loves Amazon. You can order anything on Amazon and have it delivered in two days. But if you really watch, you can find some amazing deals. So instead of buying a toy that's, 20% 20% off. Let's wait and get it when it's 40% off, 50% off. Oh, believe me. I know. Yeah. I saw the, I saw the Crayola box that you have for like, yesterday. I, don't know, yeah. for like I went on like 13 bucks or something. I'm like, hold on. I have three kids. I have another on the way. I am looking for cheap toys. So and I go to addicted to saving. Awesome believe. Deal. My son has that actual box and loves it. So yeah, if you, yeah. So that's really all I do when that's I'm working. I'm cool. just trying to find deals for my readers and so um, I know they can go to your website. I'm sure you have an online presence. Are you on Facebook? I know yeah. Yeah, we are on Facebook. So is it just addicted, it's addicted to saving um, on Facebook? It's on Instagram. I'm on Twitter or Twitter. It's addicted. Number two saving. Um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all over the place. Awesome. So now I'm going to shift gears. Obviously, you guys can connect with that. I mean, great savings. But um, what is it like? Because we talked earlier that, hey, you have your two kids, you have your son who's, I have a son a little bit younger than yours, but he is just full of energy. Let's keep it at that. And well, what is it like, you know, running a a business from home with family and, and, uh, and the way you try to obviously, you know, live out your faith at home? Like, how does that all that work? I mean, that, that sounds like a big task, like. It was easy pre-kids, I thought, right? Yeah, it was. Before kids, we could really, um, really just tag team it. I could work on one project, you could work on another project, and you could leave to go do whatever. Half of the day, it didn't matter, and I could just continue working. We worked a lot. 60-hour weeks is what I worked, typically. Once we brought our son home, so we adopted our son. He was 10 months old at the time. Um, The first few months with our son, Asher, was really tough. He was trying to learn us as a family. We were trying to learn him as a child, and... It was just rough. Um, That's when I realized that our work dynamics were going to be changing because someone always had to be with him. Um, He was like a newborn and the other person always had to be working. And it was just, it was rough, right? It was, 
But, you know, the the way the Lord worked it out, too, during uh, kind of the next over the next year, uh, Facebook had a lot of changes in their algorithms. And we didn't realize how much traffic we got from Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the readers, the, what the readers were seeing became significantly less. And so we saw, uh, I mean, almost overnight, um, we used to have 24, 25,000 people see one post. Now it became literally under 200 people would see that post. So you can imagine, Dr. Serrano, if you had, you know, whatever, 200, you know, people coming in to see you on a Monday and, and the next day you only had four 25. people coming in or Yeah. I mean, it would make a big difference, right? In, yeah. in your bottom line. And so I think the Lord used that to transition me to man up and go. Because quite frankly, as that happened and, you know, we were trying to figure it out, our income did drop uh, tremendously. And it's almost like he was paving the way for, for me to be able to step into this ministry role. So, uh, so I look at that as, uh, you know, a blessing. <laughs> I don't know if less money is a blessing, but, you know, that's, that's how I choose to look at it. Hey, you know, we, we know in scripture, he's going to use everything, everything in our lives to, to, for his kingdom and his purposes. You would not be, I would not be going on mouth to, to, right. to, to yeah. the killing Jaro <laughs> if you didn't take that step. So, yeah. uh, so that's great. Just, you know, we only have, we have a few minutes here left. What is uh, some of the biggest misconceptions? Cause you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people in business, a lot of people probably listening that think, you know what? I, I want to do something else. I want to do something online. I want to do something. What's one of the biggest misconceptions about running an online? business. I've had countless people email me and say they want to start a blog. Um, and I, I highly recommend it if that's what you want to do, but they want, uh, most of the people that have emailed me have wanted to start a blog because they want to make thousands and thousands of dollars each month. And I just, I kind of laugh because it's not that easy to just start a blog and then all of a sudden have the income stream coming in. It's a lot of hard work. You need an audience. You have to have people that are actually looking at what you're doing. Um, yeah, and you got, and you even said it yourself. You had six months of just bllogging before yeah. you ever even thought this. I didn't to be even ever. know you could make money from it. Yeah, all before you thought, yeah, and yeah. then and then not only that, then you said both of you together were working sixty plus hours a week. So it yeah. wasn't a full time job. This was a full time plus a part time yeah. job every single week. So, um, so if you had somebody that wanted to get started and say, "Hey, I do want to blog," like you said, you would say what? Do it if that's if that's what your passion is. You should. Definitely start a blog. Um, I wouldn't start a blog expecting to have a huge audience right away. I just don't no. think that's necessarily realistic. Maybe you will be lucky and you will have that. And if so, that's awesome. But um, it does take a lot of work. Um, but social media is still there. Facebook hurt me a little bit. Um, there's ways to get around it. I, I can educate myself better to, to kind of work around the Facebook world. But if you start a blog and you start getting a presence on social media, you may find that it's going to be very successful and it won't even be a hobby. It'll be a full-time job down the road very cool so jeff we're here we got a couple minutes left this whole show is about what we hear on sunday and connecting that to what we do on a nine to five on a weekly basis so so with that in what you're doing with addicted to saving with what you're doing with man up and go uh with what you're seeing out in the in in society what is your your takeaway for the audience if somebody's like they're at work and they're sitting there and they're just like, yeah, I go to church. I just don't, I don't know. I, how do I do more? How do I do more? Like, what would you, any, any thoughts, any wise words uh, for them? I don't know if this is wise counsel. It probably is because I think it's biblical, but I would fall in love with Jesus. I mean, that's what I would tell somebody. You fall in love with Jesus. Whatever you're doing is going to be better. 
Um, and, you know, Paul said, I have learned the secret of being content in each and every circumstance. And I was reminded recently of that verse that I've learned the secret. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but he had to learn it. So there was a time when Paul didn't know it. And I think a lot of us are immature and we don't know. Um, and so pursue Christ. And I believe that, that that's the best thing you can do. Absolutely. And guys, we, we're, we're closing out here. I want to thank you guys for listening to I Work For Him. And what Jeff just said, I mean, I just echo that, guy. If you're out there and you're in your nine to five and you're just thinking like, I don't know, I need that fuel, that passion. All you have to do is just go back to the word, go back to falling in love with Jesus. And that is ultimately all we should be doing in our lives is just putting him, putting God right in the center of everything we do. Not first, second or third, but right in the center of our lives. So thank you guys for listening. Dr. Raul Serrano filling in for Jim Brandenburg and Martha. See you guys next week.